Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, May 17th, 2020. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue in Altoona. Please call or email the church office if you have a student graduating high school or college. The session has set a tentative date to restart worship services in the church building on Sunday, June 7th. Note that this is a tentative date contingent on state and federal guidelines. Worship will begin at 9.30 a.m. More information about the reopening will be coming in the next two weeks. Check out the church's Facebook page each week to see a recorded children's message. Prayer requests this week include Bill, uh, who had a massive heart attack and had four stents put in, Melvin, facing the amputation of his second leg, and James Otto, who suffered a brain bleed. Once again, we thank those of you who are financially able to mail your offerings to the church at this time. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. Also, anyone who has any kind of need, groceries, financial help, or otherwise, please contact the church office and we will see what we can do to help meet your needs. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
Let us pray. O Lord, our God, we gather together today to give you thanks and to declare your greatness. We declare your mighty works to the whole world. We praise you for your wonderful deeds. Your power is limitless. Your wisdom unparalleled. Your grace is overwhelming. Your love is never failing. You promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Let us worship you in spirit and in truth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. scripture reading today is taken from 1 Samuel chapter 18 verses 1 through 9. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. From that day Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home to his family. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, bow, and his belt. Whatever mission Saul sent him on, David was so successful 
that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Here ends our reading from God's word, and may he bless it to our hearts and lives. Today, we are at the third of our six studies under the theme of Stronger Together. And today, it's specifically Stronger Together Friendship. One TV show we like to watch at our house is the show MacGyver. We used to watch the old MacGyver years ago, and we now watch the new updated MacGyver. A year or two ago, there was an episode on MacGyver entitled Bravo Lead Plus Loyalty Plus Friendship. In that episode, MacGyver's friend Jack gets a disturbing call from one of his old Delta Force buddies. He has been falsely accused of terrorism in a foreign country. Jack tells MacGyver, a man who saved my life is about to lose his. Jack reveals that after a bad mission, he returned home very depressed and laid around all day on his couch. His friend named Worthy stopped to see him and got him off the couch and Jack soon joined the CIA. So Jack recruits the rest of his old Delta Force team and stages an unsanctioned rescue op. And it's an interesting thing to note that as while Jack has remained active through the CIA and now through uh, the Phoenix Foundation, all of his old Delta Force buddies have put their uh, military days behind them, their businessmen, their... Uh, having different jobs, they're, they're married and have kids, and you know, they have, they've left their military uh, training long time ago, but as soon as Jack shows up and tells them about their old friend Worthy, they leave their jobs, they leave their homes, they leave their families temporarily at great risk of life and limb to go and help save Worthy. And they end up, as always, needing every trick MacGyver has in the book to survive. Now, as I said, today our theme is Stronger Together Friendship. And one of the best passages in Scripture at, about the topic of friendship is found here in chapter 18 of First Samuel. In fact, it goes back somewhat to chapter 16 and 17. In chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, we read that the Spirit of God has left Saul because of his disobedience, and an evil spirit has come upon him. And to calm him down at those times, one of Saul's staff members says that he's heard a, heard a young man who 
has great talent with musical instruments and he could get him to come and soothe Saul's troubled spirit. And so David comes and his music does soothe Saul. And so Saul asked David's family if he could stay there for a time at the palace to take care of Saul. And Saul, it says Saul had affection for David. Then in chapter 17, apparently, you know, David went back home when war broke out. Time has gone by. And here comes Goliath. And Goliath challenges King Saul and the armies of Israel. And they're terrified. And here comes David. And he says that he would fight Goliath. And apparently, somehow or other, Saul has forgotten that he really knows David. But he says, well, you're just a boy. And he's been a warrior since he was a boy. But David reassures him that with God's help, he can defeat Goliath. And so uh, Saul says, well, here's my armor. You can wear my armor. David tried it on. He says, it doesn't fit. So he goes off to the battle with just a sling and some stones, his staff. And he defeats Goliath and cuts his head off. At that point, you know, at the end of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, um, King Saul says to his commanding general, Abner, he says, who is this young man? And so Abner brings David before uh, King Saul, and he says, who are you? And he says, oh, I am the son of Jesse of Bethlehem, so that Saul can reward him. And Saul takes David into his service to become one of his army officers. And at first, Saul was very happy. But then the people start saying that David's killed his tens of thousands, but only Saul had killed his thousands. And it says that Saul got extremely jealous, so much so jealous that he was about ready, and he did try to kill David. So we say, what kind of friendship did Saul have with David that it just turned around so dramatically that he goes from being a friend to being his most bitter enemy? Well, we'll come back to that. There's another friendship mentioned here, and that was the friendship between David and Saul's son, Jonathan. It says that when David had finished talking with Saul at the end of the battle with the defeat of Goliath, it says that Jonathan became one in spirit with David and loved him as he loved himself. And then a couple moments later, it says that Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. And he took off his robe he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. Well, what's going on here? Uh, some people say, well, this is talking about a homosexual relationship. I don't think so. If we really look at this passage and what it's saying and what things were like in ancient Israel at David's time, we see the idea that the 
the thought that this might be a homosexual relationship says more about our culture today than it says about what's written here in this passage of Scripture. But even more so, I think that this, this false interpretation of this passage has more even to say about the fact that we misunderstand what friendships are like nowadays. We have a poor understanding of what it means to truly be someone's friend. Americans have fewer close friends now than they did in earlier decades. A study published back in 2006 by Duke University reported that there was almost a 30% drop in the years from 1985 to the year, nine, uh, to the year 2004 in the number of close friends who people said they could confide things to. Now, that's a big drop in 20 years. And that same service, sur survey said that only one in four of these people reported that they only had, that they had no one that they could really confide in. And I wonder how much these figures have dropped in the 14 years since this study was published. Life has become more transient in recent years, and with its social connections has become more tenuous. In a culture that values individualism, personal freedoms, as much as ours does, it's no surprise that deep, committed friendships are not highly valued. In fact, one theologian has said that today people see friendship as the least committed of relationships, as the most preference-driven and most affection-dependent relationship possible for people to the enjoy. In fact, in the eyes of many Christians, friendship is, as almost, is almost a fleeting, insubstantial relationship. We may choose to end a friendship at any time, and that's the prerogative of friendship. Now, that's not the kind of friendship we see pictured here between David and Jonathan in 1 Samuel 18. It's what could be called a true friendship, a genuine friendship, a spiritual friendship. It says that David's and Jonathan's heart you know, came together. It says that Jonathan took off his robe and his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt, and gave them to David. Well, in one sense, this talks about how that Jonathan acknowledges that David is God's chosen person to become the new king, that you know, ordinarily Jonathan would become king after Saul, line of succession. But Jonathan realizes that you know, God has picked David to become the new king. But it's more than just that. It's not a matter of submission on Jonathan's part to what God's plan is. It says here that, like it said, it says that their hearts were drawn together. Uh, true friendship has to do with love, but it has more to do than just with love. I mean, we are called to love all people. We are called to love our family. We are called to love our neighbors. We're even called to love our enemies because love in the Bible is not just an emotion. 
it is a way of living, a way of living that's commanded of us. But friendship is actually love plus the binding together of hearts. It's the, the ability to open ourselves up and share our deepest thoughts, our deepest feelings with another person, and they feel open enough to share that back to, back to us. True friendship requires such a foundation of trust, and that foundation is found only in God. True friendship must begin in Christ, continue with Christ, and be perfected by Christ. And built on that foundation, true friendship includes the unity of human and divine truths. So it might include an affectionate attachment and a mutual trustworthy love and goodwill for another. We could use the term comradeship. You know, that takes me back to what I shared at the beginning. A few years ago, there was a movie entitled Band of Brothers about the soldiers in Easy Company in World War II. Well, that episode of MacGyver I was talking about was sort of like a take-up on the idea of the Band of Brothers, these men, this Jack and the other members of his Delta uh, team had formed such a comradeship, such a a relationship uh, with the other members of the team, including this man Worthy, that they were willing to give up their time, their money, even their own lives to try to help one another. That's true friendship. The willingness that, you know, I am made a covenant with you. Friendship is a very strong covenant. Marriage is the only thing that's beyond a co- you know, beyond friendship. Marriage is a friendship that takes on a dimension of the, of uh, desire, physical desire between a man and a woman. But, you know, I loved the fact that years ago I was talking to a lady and she and I and I said to her, "Well, what do you miss most about your husband, who had just passed away a few months ago?" He says, "I miss my best friend." Friendship. It's not something tenuous. It's not something insubstantial. It's built on love, and reason, and affection, and commitment to the other friend and their commitment to you. This is what friendship is. This is what we are called to be. You know, the theme is stronger together friendship. This is what we're called to be first and foremost with each other in the community known as the local church. We are to be friends with each other. And others, you know, you can only be a true friend with a limited number of people. So there are going to be people within the community of the church you can You'll be closer friends with than others. But we are called to be friends too often. I'm not saying that's the way it is here in our church. But too often I hear of churches where someone can come in Sunday morning, sit down, spend the time there at church, get up and leave after the benediction, and have no interactions with anybody else. They are alone in the middle of the church. This should not be. We are called to friendships. 
And if we show forth Christian friendship, spiritual friendship with each other, that will impact those around us. And we can begin, you know, we can begin to share that friendship with the people we meet in our neighborhood, in our places of work, where we go to school, other such places. We can show forth spiritual Christian friendship. It takes time to grow and deepen, but we can begin that process. As we do, we show forth the character and the love of God. And people will be drawn to that, uh, and they'll come to know Christ. And to God will be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Now let us prepare our hearts for prayer. Almighty God, we come into your presence this morning. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that Jesus, while he walked this earth, said to his disciples that I no longer call you my servants because what servant knows his master's plans. No, I call you my friends. And that's what Jesus is with us as modern-day disciples. Jesus is our friend. As the old familiar hymn we sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our griefs and trials to bear. We thank you that Jesus is that kind of friend to us. May we be that kind of friend to others, to our spouse most of all, but to others whom we know in our church family and to others we come in contact with. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to be with our nation and with our world as we seem to be beginning to come out of the lockdown from this COVID virus. We pray, Lord, that as we come out of it, there will not be a resurgence a fresh outbreak of it, but rather health would return and life would return to a uh, more semblance of it as it was before this happened. We pray that you would continue to be with those who are sick with this virus. We pray that you would comfort them and that you would be with the families of those who have died from this virus. And you would guide us as we come together again in this church building in the weeks to come. And then, Lord, we remember other prayer requests. We ask you to be with Bill Ingold, who has had a heart attack. We ask you to be with Melvin, who is facing the amputation of his second leg. And we pray that you would be with James Otto, who has suffered from a brain bleed.
and others, Lord, whom the people listening to this podcast are remembering in their hearts. We pray that you would meet all these needs and all the, not only the needs that are unspoken, but the needs that are, are not even really known to us, but you know that's needed. Provide healing, strength, comfort, friendship, whatever's needed. We pray that you would be with our leaders, guide and direct them. We ask these things in Jesus' name, who taught us to say when we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now stand firm in your faith, be courageous and strong, let all that you do be done in love. The love of God be the passion of your heart, the joy of Christ be your strength when times are hard, the presence of God be a peace that overflows, 
the word of God be the seed that might grow in you to the glory of God. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen. Amen. 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 Amen.